2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now.
0: Back in the lab, back at it, another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked on Sports Minnesota. What's happening, Reggie?
3: What up? What up? It's hump day. Mm -hmm. Locked Mm -hmm. and loaded, ready to go.
0: Yeah, another big one lined up today, getting you all caught up on day one of Vikings mandatory minicamp, and of course, discuss those red hot Yankees versus the Twins, plus later, Putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. But first, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family served business serving do it yourselfers like Reggie and I for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every customer from brake parts to tail lamps, even new carpet for your vehicle. Go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their. How did you hear about a section so they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. All right, Reggie. Vikings kicked off their final practice with mandatory veteran minicamp. That goes until Thursday before a nice Long summer vacation, eventually returning at the end of July for the start of training camp, of course, at TCO facilities. ESPN's Kevin Seifert tweeted out yesterday's practice was indeed identical in format to the OTAs we've already seen. Starting with NFL officials finally on hand and referring to refereeing seven on seven and eleven on eleven portions of practice. Remember, refs are people too; they got to shake out a little <laughs> bit of rust, just like everybody else. It's also important too, though, for those refs there for the players to have the refs there because a lot of times there's some new rule changes in place, and it gives everyone their first at what those might look like and how they might be called. As far as attendance of the 90-man roster, Vikes were only missing three guys. Amir Smith-Marset still in that walking boot. We knew about that hoping he's a go for training camp. And two offensive linemen, Schlotman and rookie Vidarian Lowe, both out with food poisoning and stomach-related illness. Mm. Coaches noted they could be back as early as today for practice number two. Now let's get into the good stuff, the drama. Reggie loves the mini-camp drama, positional battles. <laughs> Garrett Bradbury took the first-team reps at center. Chris Reed taking all the second-team reps. Coaches said Bradbury's look good thus far, but we'll know a lot more once we hear the pads pop in July. Mike Smith had plenty to say about Daniil Hunter, calling him a kid in a candy shop. The plan is to move him all around the front seven on edge, lining him up over the center and the guard, standing up, maybe a little hand in the dirt, who knows. And finally, Christian was spoke very highly of coaches who said they won't put a ceiling on him in year two. And they hope to tap into that potential and maximize his talents at left tackle. After being thrown in the fire about midway through his rookie season, they expect him to take a big leap in year two, like most players do. So, Reggie, three players highlighted there, Bradbury, Hunter, and Derrissaw. Who's the most intriguing storyline for you as you watch these last few practices before the long break?
3: Maybe you do one a one B here. I think at the top for sure is Daniil Hunter because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's lost the last couple seasons due to injury. And like you look at the dude and he's just a chiseled freak. I was looking at the, uh, the twins game yesterday and, you know, Aaron judge came out, hit the ball, you know, deep center, homerun. Still up and there. Then, but then Giancarlo Stanton came up and hit the ball to Saturn. And I was just like, the dude is jacked. Like, I think I saw, like, he was wearing, like, this cutoff shirt. And, like, the dude was just jacked.
0: Just a great
3: god. Yeah. And you look at Daniil Hunter, and it's the same thing. You just look at the dude. He's like He just looks like he's supposed to dominate everybody and you know when he's out there he does like the dude is an absolute freak and you talk about like imagine you're a quarterback right and you look over center and all of a sudden you see daniel hunter just lined up right across from you like i'm terrified man like like get this dude out of here like he's too close to me a
0: rookie, a rookie center and yeah yeah you know, you've been, you know, you've been doing, you're holding your own against a nose tackle here or there, but then you look up and Daniil Hunter, the chiseled Greek god, is right in front of you, standing just, over you. I mean, that's scary stuff, man. For just
3: looking at you, and you're just like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this dude, this big, big guy over here? Like, get him out of here. But, you know, like, I think the, the, the team and, you know, listening to Mike Smith talk yesterday, they have high expectations for Hunter in this new system. It's going to be a little bit different. They think that, you know, switching from the 4-3 to the 3-4 will highlight more of Daniil's strengths. Mm-hmm. And him being on one side and Zadarius being on the other side, is just like pick your poison. You know, if Zadarius and Daniil can stay healthy and you got both of those guys rushing you on the edge like what – At what point do you make a decision like, okay, I need to chip this guy or I need to double this guy? Yeah, because on the other side, then you're going to have the other guy coming at you. And that's just a scary thought. That's a scary sight. And from everything we've seen so far in camp, Daniil is looking hungry and motivated and he's ready to go. And so if he stays healthy, like, I put him up there with another double-digit sack type of a season. And that's going to be very, very, very good for the Vikings' defense. Now, I said if he's 1A, you got a 1B. I think Bradbury is 1B -hmm. because, you know, the Vikings already made a statement not deciding to, you know, exercise his option. And they're just like, look, man. It's time to prove it, Bucko. And, you know, if things continue to go how they've been going in camp, you know, you expect this guy to come up there and, you know, Shaq will say, dominate. Time to dominate. Want to see him out there dominating. He's got to go get it. He's got to go win it. And so, like, having him out there and seeing him do his thing, is gonna be important not only for the Vikings, but for him, his long term future. Like, he's playing for a new deal. He's playing for some new money. And if he goes out there and balls out this year, you know, him and cousins have a nice little connection, then he could be, you know, saving himself and and also kinda of pushing the envelope with the Vikings now to fork up some of that cash that maybe they weren't thinking about, you know, or maybe they weren't trying to to fork up. And so that's going to be an interesting storyline as this season goes along. They drafted him, you know, to be a guy that can be a perennial starter and and just a solid solid overall player for them, you know, year in and year out. And, you know, them not them choosing not to extend him or extend that that fifth year option to him kind of shows you how they feel about where he is right now and his growth and his development, and he has the chance to prove that narrative wrong.
0: Yeah, I think when we go into training camp, a lot of the stories and buzz and headlines are going to be about those second and third team battles because the majority of the starters, they're set. They're locked still Mm -hmm. cemented in there, except for maybe one or two. We're talking about maybe the nickel corner on defense and then the center and right guard position. That's it. So I think obviously you're right. All eyes are going to be on Bradbury who apparently looks good thus far. His issue though is always once the pads get on, holding his weight, anchoring the pocket. We know Kirk cousin needs a clean pocket to step into because he's a pure pocket passer and that's mm-hmm. why they brought in a couple more interior linemen in case he continues to struggle but as far as just getting excited and all jacked up i think thinking about daniel hunter moving all around up and down on the edge over the center and guards with sedarius smith opposite of him like he said remember he's only played in one spot under mike zimmer at left end but we all knew the whole time he was capable of so much more and you can really tell mike smith the linebackers coach is really going to try to finally maximize his talents and that versatility, mm-hmm. that chess match of giving the offensive lineman and quarterback fits at the line of scrimmage—where to check, who's got who, who's blocking which guy, where are they coming from—it's going to be a lot of fun just to keep tabs on when they start sprinkling in those different wrinkles into the defensive system once we get into training camp.
3: Yeah, I will say this too—you know, you mentioned uh, Christian Dariusaw. You know, mm-hmm. there was this song and dance last year with Rashad Hill. Remember, right. uh, Kubiak would come up to the podium and he'd be like, you know, Rashad's our guy. Mm-hmm. Rashad's the dude. And he's just like, okay, but you drafted this other guy to be the guy. Right. And, you know, you kind of saw this musical chairs thing going with Derisaw and Hill. Well, now Hill is a free agent. He's not with the team right now. And so now it's Derisaw's job to go out there and, and do his thing. And you expect him to have that leap from year one to year two. You know, last year, I remember when he got drafted, he was just like, you know, that was the best decision that they could have made. Nobody's touching Kirk. And now it's time for him to to show and prove that. You know, and now he doesn't have another guy kind of breathing down his back, you know, looking for his starting time as well because that guy is now on the street. So it's his job to have and his job to – to hold on to early
0: draft picks that the Vikings have invested in the offensive line over finally over the last two three years second rounder Brian O'Neill first rounder on Bradbury second rounder on Ezra Cleveland and first rounder on Christian And then this year they go spend another second rounder on Ed Egram so really kind of looked at the strengths and weaknesses of Kirk Cousins I think saw that he's not the most mobile guy right not going to be compared to Michael Vick anytime soon (laughs) and he needs a clean pocket he needs that time and and that clean pocket pocket to step up into and make those throws and when he has that deadly accurate but without Mm -hmm. it this offense is always going to struggle so glad they finally put the early resources into that offensive line to help protect Kirk other news and notes wouldn't be a Vikings practice without at least one Adam Thielen circus catch number 19 (laughs) made a one-handed tiptoe grab on the sideline scored a TD also in 11 on 11 drills in the red zone when national experts talk about Vikings offense, it's always JJ1, Cook2, which is fair. I mean, that's right. And it doesn't bother Thielen one bit, I can promise you that. But just how underrated do you think Adam Thielen is to the national pundits, the, the surface fans that just tune in once a while, check the YouTube highlights or box score? Remember, we pulled up Thielen's numbers last week. This guy's been producing at such a high level year in, year out. He's consistent as they come. And he just doesn't seem to get the love maybe he deserves.
3: You know, he may be underrated in the national circuit, but he's not underrated around here. People right. know what his value is to the Vikings, and people know what his value is to that offense. Like, the dude is a dude. And I was looking at um, NFL Live yesterday, and they put on mm-hmm. the screen the the top five uh, highest paid receivers in the league, mm-hmm. and Thielen is in there. Mm. Believe it or not, 16.2 million. He's he's over this season Mm. and he's getting paid like a top wide receiver. That's because he is one of the top wide receivers. Looking at those numbers last year, if he didn't get hurt, like the dude was on pace for a stellar, like a stellar type, like Pro Bowl type season. You know, double-digit touchdowns, it it was getting to the point where it was just like, all right, all this dude Adam Adam Thielen does is is score touchdowns. And he was in his bag. And then the injury happened, and he was just trying to, you know, play through it, re-aggravated that ankle, and then he was done for the rest of the year. And we saw the emergence of a guy like Smith-Marset. But, like, Adam Thielen, if if JJ is one A, he's one B, like he's very much a him type of a guy, just a, a a tactician, route runner, and crazy hands, great footwork. Like the dude is a professional wide receiver in the league. And he may not be you know, as flashy as some of the other guys. I mean, like Cooper Cup is not really all that flashy, but he's just right. very productive, gets it done. And I think Adam Thielen is is that same type of a guy. He's gonna get open. He's gonna find his his creases and and find his spots to to get open for Kirk. And Kirk very much so enjoys throwing him the ball, especially in the red zone. And he's a threat out there on the field. And and you would be sadly mistaken to Think that, you know, he's not a guy that you have to account for every game.
0: going to be a lot of fun just to see how these core veterans and rookies gel together on this new coaching staff. Again, day two of practice today – Final practice Thursday, and that's it for a while until training camp at the end of July. Yeah, and that's when mm-hmm. you see these guys on Instagram posting the pics of the boats out on Lake Minnetonka, you know, before it's go time and they clock in for training camp. One last little stretch of me time, clear the head, relax a while, and relax while they can, and then it's time to go. Clocking in. Okay, coming up, we're talking Twins curse against the Yankees, and later. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? But first, our partners at bet online continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports info, including this year 's basketball finals, major league baseball, fights, and even NFL futures. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. bet online.
1: need to hire, you need Indeed.
0: Okay, let's talk about those twins, shall we? Stop me if you've Mm -hmm. heard this one before. Seventh inning. Twins in a one-run game. They're actually competing with the Yankees. We talked yesterday, Reggie. All you wanted them to do was just go compete. They're doing that, going toe for toe. Here comes Tyler Duffy, gives up a three-run bomb shot to Anthony Rizzo, busts the game wide open. Yanks take a four-run lead in the seventh, never look back, ultimately winning 10-4. They win their seventh in a row. Rocco Baldelli said in the post-game presser, it wasn't the Bats last night, and they had a chance to compete with the league's fast baseball team. But obviously, when you give up 10 runs, <laughs> it's going to make things difficult. Your thoughts on the game, Rocco's comments, and just what the heck – are we doing with Tyler Duffy?
3: So there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. You know, the game started. Rookie Cole Sands looked like he was just not supposed to be out there. Mm -hmm. Gives up the two-run bomb to Judge. Gives up the solo bomb to Stanton. And, like, these balls are not just, like, barely getting out of the, the yard. Like, 431 off the bat of Judge. 445 off the bat of Stanton. Like, they were tagging Sands. And I think what has been interesting is people have been critical of Rocco this season with the quick hook that he has for some of the pitchers that he throws out there, especially some that are doing fairly well on the mound. Where here he had a guy who was struggling last night. You know, he eventually settled down over a couple innings, but then he got into trouble again. And Rocco finally decided to pull him, but it seemed like it was a little late for him to do that. And so, you know, some of these pitching decisions just continue to be puzzling to me. That being said, the Twins were gamers last night. Mm-hmm. You know, the Yankees seemed like they were overpowering them and and they seemed like they, you know, kind of outmatched the Twins. But then you got Jameson Taillon like he gave up more runs and more hits than he's given up all season. That's a testament to this Twins team. They were tagging Tyone. <laughs> like, they were getting to him. Polanco was a hit short of the cycle. He was a triple short of the cycle last night. The, the dude was killing it. And they had the right, the right like, mix there mm-hmm. to compete with the Yankees, and it was just so tough because – Today or after the game, they DFA'd Juan Mania, and you're just like, okay, like because he was the problem.
0: Uh, what are we doing? All right,
3: and then they keep Tyler Duffy around. Which, by the way, we were just talking to Nash Walker earlier this week, Mm -hmm. and he was saying he was he was kind of caping for Duffy a little bit, kind of saying that you know he gets a little bit of a bad rap, and you know, he thinks that he's a little bit better than maybe what people think. Well, you keep putting them in these high leverage situations and it just continues to blow up in their face. And at some point it's the definition of insanity. Just doing the same thing, doing the same thing, hoping for a different result, and that different result is not happening. Like at some point you gotta you gotta stop it with the with the insanity. You keep putting them out there and bad things continue to happen that shot from anthony rizzo last night was basically like good home good get home safe
0: mm-hmm. bye
3: bye see like good night good night irene
0: take care yep
3: grab grab a hot dog on the way out to yep. take home we know you're hungry still cuz it's time to go like and it was just like dude like that was just demoralizing cuz they were hanging in there by a run by a couple runs, and you feel like, okay, we're in striking distance, and then all of a sudden the three-run bomb is just like, well, well, so much for that one. We'll try to get them in the next game. And it's just like when you have a chance to be able to beat a team like the Yankees, which they were in position to be able to try to do last night, and then you don't get a chance to do that, it is so, so demoralizing for the team. And what you hope to see is they come out, And compete again with the Yankees. But, like, they need some help, man. Like, this pitching is just, I mean, they're in a rough spot. No Joe Ryan. They do expect to get Carlos Correa back tonight, which helps. But, like Rocco said, the bats weren't the problem. Mm -hmm. Them getting Correa out there really isn't, you know, like it's a luxury. Because the bats weren't the problem. They need to get some of this pitching back but they're, they're not gonna get a, some of this pitching back anytime soon, so they have to kind of stand pat and make do, and that's gonna continue to be a problem. Now,
0: Yanks got up to that 3-0 lead right out the gate, and they just never really stepped on the throat. They never stepped on the gap. They kind of left the door open up mm-hmm. until that seventh inning, but Twins have a legitimate, like, curse against the Yankees right now. <laughs> I mean, it's a real thing at this point. No one can deny it. They've been swept by them in the playoffs, not once but multiple times over the past decade and a half. And that was against some really good, great wins teams two years ago when they broke the record for most home runs in a season. Back mm-hmm. a few years further, when it was the Mauer, Morneau, Cuddy, etc. Swept, mm-hmm. three and done, toast. The Twins have lost 116 of 163 games versus the Yankees since 2000, including the playoffs. Shout out to our guy Nash Walker on Twitter for the stat. That's a full season, though, where the Twins win just 47 games of 163 against one team. That's like, that's like watching the Cincinnati Reds this season every time the Twins play the Bronx Bombers. Now, obviously, you got to keep into account here. Yeah, the Yankees more seasons than not are really, really good. But those Mm -hmm. stats are just hideous, Reggie. At at what point does it become like a mental thing of that? We're a small market team. We can't compete with the big market and salary cap of these guys because these aren't bad twins teams taking the field year in and year out.
3: First of all, that Yankees lineup is unreal. It's insane. Insane, man. Like Just insane. You got like...
0: Judge like all Rizzo up and down Nathan the lineup. Donaldson. Oh.
3: And then, you know, Aaron Hicks, who isn't the player that he he was, but you know, the dude has been efficient in the league before. Then Former you got the LeMahieu there. Yep. Yeah, then you got DJ LeMayhew mm-hmm. toward the bottom of the lineup. Like the 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 lineup from top to bottom. I don't think there's a better lineup in baseball outside of maybe like the Dodgers. Like, and there's no, no reason why, you know, they're the top team in the league right now. Like that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense that they're the top in the league right now because of, you know, the pitching stacked, the, the lineup, the bats just stacked. Like, it's just like, whoo, like they, it gives the pitcher no time to breathe. You know, like you, you, you strike out Aaron judge last night and you're like, whoo. All right, cool. Then all of a sudden Anthony Rizzo shows up. You're just like, goodness gracious, okay. So then you try to battle with Rizzo, you know, and then you're done with him. Then all of a sudden Stanton comes up, with the most menacing presence in that batter's box, crowds the mm-hmm. plate, that wide open stance. He just looks like he's about to like murder people. Like it's just mm-hmm. crazy. Like he's he's a menace. Like it's tough, man. It's hard not to be intimidated by this Yankees team. But I think. Looking at it yesterday, like I don't think the the twins were intimidated. The things just ended up snowballing on them and snowballing quick late. And I think I think this twins team believes they can beat the Yankees regardless of you know. I don't think there's necessarily that much of a a, a thing like a like there's like this pronounced thing over like oh my gosh, it's the Yankees, we can't beat them. Oh my goodness. I think they feel like they can compete with them. It's just some of the firepower is just not matching.
0: When you finally sit down and just get a chance to watch this Yankees lineup, one through nine, absolutely bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, (laughs) bananas. Two through five, Judge, probably going to be the MVP of the league, Rizzo, Stanton, and Donaldson – That's just two through five. I'm sorry. What video game are we playing right now? And that's just the hitting. You're right. The pitching has been absolutely rock solid all season two. I'll tell you what. If they don't win the World Series, it's an absolute failure of the season. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, you build a lineup like that and Mm -hmm. spend that kind of money, you're absolutely all in. Chips all in, middle of the table, World Series or bust. Tom Brady coming back to the Bucs, Super Bowl or bust style. They are the best team in baseball for a reason. And anything less than a championship ring, I think, is just its just a missed opportunity. It, it's a lost season, in my opinion. We'll <laughs> see if the Twins can rally back, steal just one of these games. I think that's all fans are hoping for at this point. Chris Archer on the mound tonight. Always good for, you know, three, four solid innings. Squaring off against Nestor Cortez. Five and one with a 1-5 ERA right in the backyard, right here, Target Field, 6.40 p.m. Central Standard Times. Yanks looking for their eighth win in a row. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back here tomorrow to break all that down. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to
1: hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility and Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions
0: apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. Time has come. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, CBS Sports names one rookie sleeper from each NFC North team. Of the Vikings Hall, it was Andrew Booth Jr. that was highlighted in the article as the number one rookie of the class for the Vikings to watch. What does it mean when it comes to which Vikings rookie has the highest expectations to fill in year one? Because remember, Lewis Seen drafted first, but he may not even see the field right away with Cam Bynum.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, he may not, but I think they you find a way to get him figure it out, out on the right? field. Yeah, you don't draft him first. Uh, first round to just have them sit you know I, I think you know they're not in a position where they can draft guys for luxury at this point like they got to play their guys no doubt. And so I think I think between scene and booth jr like those are two of the guys that you watch as far as being the most impactful rookies I think if you ask Lewis Riddick from ESPN he'll say Ed Ingram but you know I, I think as far as impact players, It has to be either Seen or Booth. And, you know, the article talked about how Booth being in the room with Patrick Peterson is helpful for him because that's someone that's world class that you can learn under. And that's going to help Booth become a stud. And I think I think I agree with that. You know, if Booth can stay healthy, because that was a little bit of a of an issue with him at Clemson, him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, this guy is is someone who could come out there and lock a, a lock a receiver up. And you're talking about one of like you know the premier corners in the league. It's tough to put all those high expectations on a guy, but you know many teams had this guy as a first round talent, and he just kind of fell to that second round, which was a luxury for the Vikings to be able to scoop them up like they did because there were mock drafts that were, you know, projecting the Vikings to take Booth in the first round. Right. And not only do they trade back and they get seen, they get Booth as well in the second round. Like, that was a coup for them. And so I think, you know, even with having taken him in the second round, I think that is someone who you expect to jump up and really be an impact player from day one.
0: So excited about Lewis Seen, so excited about Andrew Booth Jr. But when we went into this offseason, there was only one clear cut, no questioning, no arguing starter, that they needed to fill that position. That was right guard. They used a second-round pick on Ed Ingram. I know you mentioned Lewis Riddick, must have mentioned him as well. They Mm -hmm. don't have the luxury to use a second-round pick on a guy and not have him start Right away. Right. Now, maybe it takes him a little. Maybe it takes a few weeks, okay? Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson didn't start the first two weeks. Whatever. Like, maybe it takes him a little bit to get going. But if we're midseason, week eight, week nine, and Ed Engram isn't your starter at right guard, I'm going to be awfully disappointed because clearly when you use an early second-round pick on a mm-hmm. guard, You clearly think and have the expectations this guy is a plug-and-play starter from day one. So I think Ed Ingram is quietly behind the scenes. Of course, Andrew Booth Jr., Lewis Seen, a lot of expectations there for sure. A lot of people, fans excited to watch them. But Ed Ingram needs to go out, compete and win and earn that starting job. Otherwise, I'm going to go back and look at the end of the season and look at that second-round pick and just kind of shake my head and say, you know what, that that maybe wasn't the best pick when you look at value and the position that they drafted. And again, the biggest need that they had going into the offseason, you didn't mm-hmm. fulfill that need. So that's the one I'm circling. Probably no wrong answer there. Booth, Seen. A lot of high expectations. Hopefully these rookies can come in and, and make an impact somewhat early on for the Vikings. All right, next one. Gophers football head coach P.J. Fleck was spotted at Vikings minicamp chatting with mm-hmm. Kevin O'Connell for a portion of team practice. What does it mean when it comes to higher expectations for their football program in 2022? Which coach has their team kind of headed in the better direction? P.J. Fleck with what he's done with the Gophers. Obviously, we don't know yet, but the expectations with Kevin O'Connell seem to be pretty high so far.
3: Yeah, I think you you look at Kevin O'Connell because of the team and the weapons that he inherited. He's an offensive-minded coach. And you look at all the weapons that he has on offense, plus a competent quarterback who can get it done in the league. And you look at that and you're just like, oh yeah, it's ready made for him to go ahead and go. Like it's, it's time to go. So I think the expectations may be higher for him, but you look at what PJ Fleck has done in his time with the Gophers. I I would say it's been a successful run so far. Mm -hmm. You got Tanner Morgan coming back as quarterback and you know, that's that's a luxury for them to have a guy as veteran as as he is coming back under center to run the offense. And so like that part is is really cool and I'm sitting here I just pulled up their schedule. They got New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, Michigan State, Purdue at Homecoming, Illinois, Penn State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, Wisconsin. You look at this. You look at this schedule. And if you're a Gophers fan and if you are, you know, believing in the whole roll-the-boat culture and and PJ just kind of pushing this team along, you look at this schedule and you don't see very many games that this Gophers team should lose. Mm -hmm. Now, I know they lost some guys to the draft and all that good stuff, but, like, if they're going to compete, like, I don't see Ohio State on this schedule. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see Michigan on this schedule. Right, Some of the, right. the teams that are considered, you know, the cream of the crop. The now, I will house. say, yeah. yeah, now I will say these games against Michigan State, mm-hmm. Penn State, and then Wisconsin at the end of the year, those are going to be some tough ones. All right. And maybe you do a coin flip on whether or not they win either of those games. But you're looking at nine, ten win season for the Gophers. Like, that's the expectation with this group, and it's going to be interesting to see if P.J. can get them
0: there. But I think those last three games are what's going to defy, ultimately, when you look back at the Gopher season, whether it was successful, unsuccessful, whatever it may be. But just cool to see former 49 receiver P.J. Fleck and former mm-hmm. Patriots quarterback Kevin O'Connell chumming it up <laughs> on the sideline of Viking practice, kind of collaborating a little bit. I think a lot of people are really happy with P.J. and the job he's done. I think mm-hmm. he's got that program heading. in. In the right direction for sure. So, should be a lot of fun to watch both those guys. Hopefully, fans are looking for them to just get entrenched here in Minnesota for the next decade plus. Would be a lot of fun to see. All right, mm-hmm. last one. Despite the tough loss, Twins now leadoff hitter, Luis Arise, <laughs> went two for three and bumped his average up to a gaudy 361. Leading, leading the MLB what does it mean when projecting his chances at breaking the twins all-time highest batting average for a season held by none other than Rod Carew with 334 he can, he do, can do, it. do it he's got a chance i mean these guys always ebbs and ebbs and flows during the baseball yeah. season right
3: yeah and this is one of those ebbs like he's mm-hmm. he's really he's really doing his thing right now and i don't know if it's naive I don't know if it's ignorant to just expect that he will continue this clip throughout the the fullness of the season. Right. But you've just seen some really good things from Luis Rise like, so far this season that make you just kind of believe that, you know, a slump, even if it happens, it won't last for very long. Because, like, he's figured some things out, and he's doing his thing out there. It's tough to say like, oh, okay, well, you know, there may be, you know, several games because at the start of the season, Byron Buxton looked like a guy that was going to hit 5,000 home runs this year. That's right. He looked like every time up he was just going to get a hit and be impactful. He's going to be out there jumping around, yelling, screaming, you know, kissing babies. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And so maybe you expect Luis Arise to come down to earth a little bit. But I, from what we've seen, there's no reason to believe he can't be a 300-plus hitter this season.
0: Yeah, Luis Ariz, number one in the league, 361. J.D. Martinez, Boston Red Sox, 359. And another AL Central alum, Tim Anderson, mm-hmm. third in the MLB at 356. We'll touch on the White Sox a little bit and how they're starting to heat up a little bit with a win over the Dodgers last night. Ooh. Tomorrow. All right, Reggie, you survived the gauntlet once again. Back here Tomorrow breaking down more Twins, Vikings, and plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at TV and on CARE11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
3: Be blessed. Spread love today.
1: This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.